Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is Kathy. And um, okay, wait, my brain's like mush. First, uh, sleepy meter, uh, none. Like, well, a little. I can't say that. Uh, last night, six hours. Night before that, zero. Nothing. I stayed up all night um, uh, covering the Iowa caucuses for nothing. All of us, I think everyone's really angry in the news industry right now because nothing, everything failed. So Fox and Friends first had great coverage. It was a special Iowa caucus special, and it was amazing because we all actually watched real time how the system just fell apart. No winner. We had no winner. We had no loser. Uh, that one, we were supposed to talk about which candidate um, was actually, which, you know, who would drop out of the Democratic Party. And in fact, everybody won. Everyone got a participation trophy. And I uh, watched it live all night. And uh, right along with my um, friends, uh, Joe Borelli, and everyone at Fox, everyone stayed up, everybody. And uh, I was on with Heather uh, during her hour. I was on with uh, Jillian during her hour. And I debated, uh, did a few topics. I was on um, for four segments. Uh, and today, oh wait, so I haven't slept. So I'm a mess. Uh, the flu... I've been fighting that. It came back, of course, because when you have no sleep, of course, you're going to get the flu all over again. So, uh, yeah, those of you who think that my brain's usually not working at 100% or even 90%, yeah, you're welcome. It's like a good 70%. Uh, but does it mean I'm still not paying attention to things? So I had an op-ed come out today about Nancy Pelosi, and I said she totally owned the State of the Union address. I'm sorry, she's the one we're talking about today. No one's mentioned Trump um, and what he talked about. We're talking about Nancy Pelosi tearing up a sheet of paper. So I say she won uh, and she's the boss. But let's see if my guest today agrees with me or not. Um, oh, and also I told my guests we could talk about the topic of the Iowa caucuses. Whose fault was it for that failure? Uh, that night we have no winner, no loser. Is it? Is it the system? Is the Electoral College a disaster? Is Iowa caucus just outdated? Uh, does it make sense? Does anyone even know that caucus is a verb and a noun? Um, do, should, it, should it just go away? Is Iowa like not really um, a big deal anymore? Now we're talking about New Hampshire and other things. So yeah, that night, who lost? Was it Iowa? Okay, listen to this clip and... Then we'll have a small break. And then I'll bring Stephanie Hamill, who I know so many of you love from uh, The Daily Caller. I know you know The Daily Caller. Okay, here's the clip. So who, if anyone, is benefiting from the chaos and how will it impact the future of the race? Here to debate that is liberal analyst Kathy Rue and executive director of American Principles Project, Terry Schilling. Thanks for being here, both of you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Kathy, I'll start Thanks. with you. It's quite a mess out there right now, huh? <laughs> Yeah, super chaotic. I mean, just watching it, it's a mess. But the, but the whole caucus system seems to be kind of messy and confusing as it is. So then to watch it just unravel and not make any sense, it looked like Iowa actually lost and all the candidates actually won. They, there was not one loser for the night except for Iowa, the state of Iowa, and New Hampshire kind of won. 
because now everyone's looking at New Hampshire. Well, yeah, I mean, Terry, you had all pretty much all the candidates, especially Pete Buttigieg out there claiming victory. He flat out said, you know, we are victorious heading to New Hampshire in so many words. Uh, you know, what do you make of the candidates claiming victory already? Look, these are all political losers. You got to keep in mind that this is such a disaster. These are the people that are trying to take over our lives. They want to run our country. They want to run the economy. Yet they can't even run a simple app uh, that keeps tally of votes in the Iowa caucuses. It's so embarrassing. And I it's a really bad day to be a Democrat. Uh, but you know what? It's kind of part of a pattern. We saw the Democrats spend a billion dollars on the Obamacare website back in 2013, and it totally failed on launch day. This seems to be the, the Democratic Party problem with technology. This is a huge embarrassment for the Democratic Party, and it really shows their ability to manage let their party, let alone the entire economy. Kathy, what do you think about Joe Biden? Do you think that this helps or hurts him going into New Hampshire? Because, I mean, as of right now, look, we don't have the the results, but the results that we've seen anyway have him trailing pretty significantly. Well, it does hurt Joe Biden because he's not the winner. Um, a lot of people were, were hoping that he would be the winner, and he can't say he was the winner. So, but it is an embarrassment, I think, for everyone, for America. Make America great again. But we can't keep up with technology. I mean, we're Americans. This is us, too. Yeah, but this we're is totally this the Democrats. This was a Democrat we're, paid no, for app. All, it was bought by the Democratic Party. It's nothing to do with anyone except the Democratic Party and their inability no, to manage are anything. Americans too. Democrats no. are people, well, too. It, 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 yes, yes, of course. But, it, I mean, in, in fairness, <laughs> I just want to clarify, because I don't, I don't think it's fair to come out here and blame it totally on the app, because we don't have the exact reasons as to why right. there has been this failure overnight. So we will wait for that. But we do know that there has been an issue calculating those results. And when we get them, we will certainly share them. Kathy, Terry, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having us. We'll be right back. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. Okay, so hi. <laughs> hi, Stephanie ha is Hamill? Hamill. Hamill, Hamill yeah, Stephanie Hamill. Stephanie Hamill. I want to pronounce it correctly. Hamill, because I never am the host. You know that. I, I sit there, and you and Shannon Bream look gorgeous and mock me. So do you. Yeah, <laughs> no right. one mocks you. We, we have an interesting debate on the shows. That, is that what it is? Is that what it is? Um, I think so. I like to hear other people's ideas. I'm not that type of person that shuts other people down. I think that that's how we learn and that's how we grow. And we share this country and we live in this country together. So I think that you know, we got to work together to come up with solutions and things that, you know, obviously we'll never see eye to eye on everything when, when we stand on, um, you know, different sides of the political aisle, if you will. But I think that there, we do have probably a lot more in common than a lot of people would even realize. Yeah, no, no, they don't, they can't imagine. And it's funny because we want to, when I do the podcast and they hear like a little bit more from us after the show, they, um, oh my God, the Howard Stern people actually said it to me. 
they said, do you guys at Fox, like, do you guys look at each other in the hallways after a show? I was like, yeah, we, we talk, we go drinking, we go, you know, like we, we hang out. Yeah, no problem. And um, they said at Howard Stern, they can't even look at each other sometimes. In the hallways, they look, they look away after a show. That's so weird. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there are some other people who take it a little bit more personal, and some people have been pretty nasty to me in segments. And because of them being so nasty, I have not spoken to them in the hallways uh, because they think it's like good television and it's all fun and games when you do the personal attacks. But I never do the personal attacks, and so I think that there's a difference between that. And I wouldn't say that's just like one side or the other that does personal attacks. It just depends on the person. Yeah. But I think in that sense, like, yeah, I think there can be some bad blood. Um, you know, in the green rooms or uh, after radio shows and different things. Oh my God, that is so interesting because not to name names, this I that it usually doesn't happen with me because uh, I don't attack. I don't, you know, and I, most people say, oh, she's just like the dumb hippie chick. So you know, maybe I seem harmless, but um, but but recently on a segment, um, someone afterwards, I said, hey, that was very nice, nice to do a segment with you. And, um, and the person, oh, great, great. No, you know, here's a photo. If you want to share it, great, no problem. And then, um, the next day was, you know, a lot of people said that you destroyed me yesterday. And I was, I was like, well, they're, they're probably kidding. It's a joke. It's, you know, I didn't destroy you. It's a joke. It's words, you know? And, um, no reply. I have not, that's it. That was it. That was the, the end of the, 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 the friendship was, was right there. When, when the friend, uh-huh. yeah, right? Yeah, I usually, I usually keep the conversations going with people that I've done segments with and people that I'm friendly with. Somebody who's pretty nice to be on the other side is Chris Hahn. He oh, he's hilarious. He's a Democrat. But, you know, we chat and we don't take things personal, although sometimes he's gotten a little feisty with me on air. But other than that, you know, we're, we're still social media friends. And, you know, I'll throw him a like when he posts pictures of his tie or his kids or his dog. That's so funny because he's yelled at me. And, and he, we've never done a segment together and I've done his podcast and he's actually yelled at me. Like he thinks I'm too soft and I, I've gotten reprimanded by Chris Hahn. So you, yeah, you, I'm still trying to figure you out. And I was kind of surprised about your op-ed at that Fox News, uh, you supporting Nancy Pelosi and her like ripping up yeah. Trump's speech. See, I thought you would have dislike that very much because it seems kind of childish but i'm looking okay okay so this is um it's funny because i want to talk about the the fox and friends the whole iowa mess um the segment but the the fox yeah that fox ed um the fox uh op-ed that i wrote i wrote it i swear in 15 minutes i i just sat there and i just i just wrote it and sent it and they put it up i think in five minutes it was like I saw it from a perspective that, um, you know, because you're a journalist, right? You're, you're, you're beyond a jur- you know, you're like one of the, the, the best journalists I know to date. Like everyone likes to say they have a, jur- you know, they're journalists and they have a, a like a, a website, right? That like their mom, yeah. their mom hosts in the, in the basement or something. But pl- <laughs> quickly, quickly, please brag. Can you please brag? What are your credentials, you. Stephanie? Please, right well, now. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've worked in politics and local news and news, national news for 
some, I don't know, like 11, 12 years now. It's been forever. Yes, I, right. I don't want to age myself too much. No, 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 but, no. And, and, I have, and I have worked on uh, Democratic campaigns. Uh, I'm conservative. I at least admit where I stand. And, you know, I do call myself a journalist in the sense that I tell stories and I sit down with people and I do interviews. But I'm also honest, like, where I stand politically, too. And I think that that's important to hear, um, you know, where people's motives are and what, what drives them to say what they say. Because I think I think it's really terrible when people tell you that they don't have an opinion or they're not biased when they actually do. And it doesn't matter what side you're on, again, but I think you should be honest with your viewers and where you're coming from. But yeah, I love to tell stories and I'm when I do talk to people on the other side, I'm fair to them. I was fair to you when I interviewed you. I, I loved wanted it. wanted to pick your brain and get your opinion on it. And again, it's because I don't think we should be fighting. I think we should be talking and listening to each other's ideas. I'm for more speech. I don't think, you know, we should be silencing our opposition. Uh, I, I just, I think that's terrible. But yeah, so and, and my big thing right now is videos, video comments for the Daily Caller. I'm interviewing a lot of the high-profile people here in D.C. And, you know, I like to give people a voice that you normally don't hear from. So I use social media a lot, and people reach out to me via social media with stories that would probably never get picked up at the national level if it wasn't for, you know, them trying to DM me with their stories and people like me listening to Americans across the country. Oh, my God. And then, okay, so you're with the publication you're with is huge, and you're doing video reporting. And I, um, you know, when we first did a segment together, it might have been a year ago, I don't know, two years ago. And they, you know, they always like kind of say, oh, you're going to be on with Stephanie Hamill. And they just and I'm like, and you know, you Google right away, just because you just want to know, right? I, I, yeah. I, so I Google, of course, to pay mad respect, because uh, I have to respect you. Um, if we're going to be on air together. And I, I, I want to know everything about you. And um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this, wow, this is going to be great because she's a journalist and you ha- you know the D.C. game. So, OK, so you've got to you've got to put up with me on this one. Hear me out with the Nancy Pelosi okay. op-ed, OK? Cause, okay, okay, okay. Because you're mad. At, I know you're mad at me about it, right? I'm not mad. I just like I can't believe that you would support something like that. That is a historical document that she ripped up the, the very touching and emotional stories that we heard uh, that President Trump highlighted at the State of the Union. It just seemed, for me, I think it's it shows weakness. So for me, when I'm upset and angry, I don't lash out. I don't throw stuff. That's weak to me. Ooh. I think when I think that you should show strength. And for her, I think she should have been the better person. Yeah, she didn't like that President Trump didn't shake her hand, but she should have been the strong woman and, and not caused to see, not shown those emotions. So maybe people see th- things differently. You saw that as like defiant and strong and like ripping it up in Trump's face. But like, I don't wear my emotions on my sleeve like that. I hold it in and, you know, I'll get you back later, but you, I'm not going to cause a scene and like rip and tear stuff up. And that's, you know, that's what people want to see you know like i think i think she lost like i think that actually made trump the winner in this case oh okay you're so good because okay (laughs) so you had me and then it's like i know i gotta focus i gotta focus (laughs) because you're too good okay so this is what this is what i'm thinking and this is what i was thinking and um okay so i'm not gonna date myself but i totally am so i was a senior advisor for media uh, during the last term of the Bush administration. So Republican administration, and there I was. And um, I, I, like you, I, don't, I didn't hide who I was, but it doesn't mean I didn't love, I met the Bushes, uh, Laura Bush, lovely people, George Bush, lovely, you know, as, as people, and they wanted to reach that, Latinas, Latinas and minorities. And um, I was a senior advisor 
for outreach. Um, but I met a lot of people along the way. I wrote for the Washington Post for 12 years. And what I've always learned is that the person who controls the news cycle is the winner. That's the winner. And I think that Trump has been such a master at controlling our cycle, us. Like we're puppets, like Chicago, you know, the play, like who yeah. grabbed the gun? They both went for the gun. Like, I, I just feel like we're all Miss Sunshine when it comes to Trump. Uh, you know, oh, it's so understandable. Okay, okay, I, I, I forgive you for that, President Trump. But today, we're not talking about Bernie and his rebuttal. We're not talking about AOC and she didn't show up because in 1999, Republicans didn't show up for Clinton during his State of the Union. Bernie did a rebuttal last year that no one tuned into. So this year, the person that we all I wrote... I think that that's just, that's also terrible. Like, I, I yeah, don't endorse right. or support the idea of right. members of Congress not showing up for the State of the Union. No matter how much you despise this president, I think it's your duty to show up. However, however, I'm talking as a media person. I'm talking as the game of politics, which is so dirty and ugly. And I don't think any politician I've ever met actually likes to be called a politician because they all want to be people. I want to be a person. I want to be known. You know, Pelosi told me I want to be known as a grandmother. Uh, Laura Bush, I want to be known as a former librarian and a mom. No one wants to, you know, no one wants to be a politician. So I think when it comes to the game of politics, it's so ugly but to play it you got to control the news cycle you got to be the one they're talking about and Pelosi got pushed aside by AOC she got pushed aside by Bernie Trump has pushed her aside you know no handshake thing yesterday whatever it whether it was intentional or not uh, that would have been the conversation today but uh at the end of the day Pelosi just pulled a mic drop she has us talking about her we're yes, talking. Is that a good thing for the party? I mean, especially after the Iowa disaster, with the polling numbers not in the Democrats' favor. At the last polling that I saw before the caucuses, President Trump had a significant lead over all of the Democrats there. I don't think that that's a good conversation. If anything, if I was an independent or somebody on the fence or a moderate Democrat, that would really make me rethink the people that I'm supporting. And yes, it's taken over the news cycle, but. I think it might have a negative impact on the people it matters the most to. You know, the people on your side, the people who liked it, there's, you know, that 30% hardcore group of um, you know, very liberal Democrats who, no matter what their party does, they're going to stand behind it and they're going to love it. But then for everyone else, the in-betweens, I'm just thinking of like the, the normal people that I talk to that aren't super political. That's something that they would be disgusted by. Yeah, but the same with the Trump camp. When Trump comes out, you know, in the old days when he said McCain's not a true veteran. Oh, every vet, I was like, oh, my. what did he just say? You know, but the true supporters, the 30% stood by his side. Every politician at one point or another does something that will irk somebody. And for the last few weeks, we haven't heard Pelosi. We've heard Mitch McConnell. We've heard, you know, uh, Bernie, uh, uh, Warren and Amy and blah, 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 everybody else except Pelosi. And, and, and she wanted to, she made a statement almost to the world. The president spoke at the State of the Union address that many people thought he should have waited a day or two, but he did it. People sat it out, which I, like you, you don't sit it out. It's historic. You like them or not, yeah. you show up. I've been to three administrations. Like it or not, I show up. I respect I respect the president. I respect the foundation. I respect our country, our democracy. I'm invited. I go. 
they were invited to something historic and they boycotted. Okay. But Pelosi didn't boycott, but she made a statement. And I, it was it was almost like, hey, world, not all of us in this room agree with this person. She made a statement. And I don't know. It, it was it was such a power move. It was so well, Yeah, I don't know. It was a power move that no one saw coming. No one said none of us. Attitude and some of the things that she didn't stand up for and clap. I mean, she was so sour sitting in the background. Like I said, I think she should have controlled her emotions a lot more. And I'm not saying that because she's a woman. I'm saying that just in general. And I, I use that term against men, too. Uh, you know what? If like men get in a bar fight, it's like, control your emotions. Like, you are weak if you have to fight people. Okay. Like, you should be able to have these conversations. Like, you should be able to be presentable and respectful despite, like, how much somebody might upset you. But we have a president that doesn't control them very well. Or do you think he does control his emotions? Yeah, but President Trump is President Trump. He's always been like that. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of people do take issue um, with the way he responds. So he's a fighter. So he, he doesn't target people first. They go after him. And after they relentlessly attack him, then he fights back and says things that could be seen as childish. Or, you know, people will complain that it's inappropriate or below the office. But... Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it takes two to tangle here. And a lot of people, um, you know, a, a lot of our politicians can be kind of disappointing in a sense. Um, I just wish that they would focus on what matters to the American people, uh, get back to work, stop with the, you know, trying to impeach Trump over everything deal. We already know uh, the outcome of the Senate trial. I guess we already saw uh, Mitt Romney uh, vote to convict, but pretty much we already know what's going to happen. President Trump will be acquitted. It, there will you know, we're just going to move on and the Democrats are going to come up with something new. Well, I mean, they're all going to come up with something new. So it's like you and I, we've covered D.C. for so long. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I would say, OK, maybe the, uh, uh, the Republicans uh, have Trump. We have Pelosi. You know, it's like at the end of the day, no, it's not AOC and it's not Bernie. Pelosi yesterday let everyone know it's me. It's Pelosi. Pelosi, I've always thought, has been the leader. And I asked her in an open letter, don't, you know, with Fox, please don't do the impeachment because I thought it would distract from everything. But um, I doubted her. Well, I think it, it's, it's shadowing uh, or, you know, kind of taking over a lot of the spotlight for the Democrats uh, in 2020 for their campaigns because with Senator Elizabeth Warren and Senator Bernie Sanders. Uh, you know, fussing with impeachment, that takes them away from the campaign trail. So I don't think it's a really good strategy. It also right. yep. highlighted the issues that um, Joe, former Vice President Joe Biden and Hunter Biden had uh, with the conflicts in Ukraine and Burisma, which may have affected his numbers in Iowa, as you saw. I mean, obviously, Iowa hasn't fully reported yet, but I think like 75 percent um, of uh, the votes were in so far. And it shows that like Biden's in fifth place, uh, zero delegates right now. Um, so you have to wonder how much this whole impeachment uh, trial awful. affected Biden. Oh, awful. I thought the impeachment, I was on, uh, you know, I was on Cavuto Live and um, I, I came out, I, I think I was, a. it really was months and months when they were thinking about doing it and Pelosi said she was going to do it. And I, I, I begged, I begged, I, I've interviewed you three times, your grandmother, please don't, don't impeach, don't, don't do this because you're going to take away attention from the people who are trying to, we're trying to, you're taking away from democracy. And uh, let, let's just vote, you know, let's vote the bum out, right? That's Thomas Jefferson. Let's vote the bum out. Let's, uh, that's the American way. Let's vote. Let's not, this whole, you're going to take our vote away. I was so angry with her. And now everything's such a disaster. 
But I think last night she showed me that at the end of the day, she still runs that party. Everyone else Does tries. she, though? Doesn't Does she? she? Though? Doesn't AOC, she? AOC, I think AOC is the uh, driving force behind the party. Nancy Pelosi is not the same person she used to be, and she's lost control uh, of, of the Democratic Party to the radical leftists who are, are in the party, like Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the Bernie Sanders of the world. And I know you, you seem more of like a moderate, and you told me that Bernie Sanders isn't your preferred candidate. Right. Uh, you, you like uh, Michael Bloomberg yep. for whatever reason. I don't know why. I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> you like him. I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I, I I've never met him. For president. I've never met he's him. Trying, and, and he's he's learning the hard way that money can't buy you love. He's well, like a 0% in Iowa. <laughs> well, I interviewed Tom Steyer, and he's very nice. So when it comes to all of them, I love Tom Steyer the most because he sat with me. So at the moment, you know, that's my full endorsement because he put up with me. So, um, which is completely uh, just an emotional, <laughs> irrational way to endorse someone. So that, that holds nothing, you know, that statement right yeah. there is really just wrong in every way. So I'm just curious now, I mean, I guess it's your podcast, you get to ask the question. No, it's yours too. Curious. It's yours too. <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, so, I mean, where, where do the Democrats go after Iowa? I guess people are saying that Iowa is really not that relevant and it doesn't matter. And, you know, we're looking ahead to New Hampshire. Uh, but I mean... Where did the Democrats go from here? And what does it say that the Democrats couldn't, you know, put together just a simple app for, for the oh. Iowa caucuses when it was such a big deal? I mean, they totally failed the Democratic primary voters. Oh, so you, did you see my segment from Fox and Friends first? Um, yeah. I did watch some of it. I'm yeah. at work, but I kind of scrolled through it. So. I know. I know you're a fan. Um, so, yeah, our friends at Fox and First, they, oh, my God, they worked us like crazy. We Most of us pulled an all-nighter. And uh, Joe Borelli, who's a Republican from New York, uh, promised me he would take a picture of me. And he sent me a picture of his thumb on, on the phone, on the screenshot, and my face. You could barely see my face. So, yeah, that's my Republican friend from um, New York taking, you know, that we pulled an all-nighter. So none of us were in our right minds except Joe Borelli. He was still a prankster. But, um, it, you know, that's a, that's a reflection of America. If you go to Europe, they're watching Iowa as well. So I, my point was Iowa, Americans could not get the technology right. Let's not say Iowa couldn't get it right. If Iowa's a reflection of America and you have a bunch of people that can't get an app right, then I'm, I come on, but, but, come but, on. But you know, you know who's responsible for the app, right? It was Americans. Like, it, it, no, no, no. It was Hillary Clinton campaign operative. But they're like, Americans. They're Americans. Like they're us. They're us. They're no, our neighbors. Okay, so it wasn't. It wasn't Republican Party operatives who put together this app, and like we're behind the Iowa caucuses. These are the Democrats who put it together by themselves. And actually, I believe um, was it the State Department? I don't want to give you fake news, but. Um, somebody offered somebody offered one of the government agencies offered to like check out the app before it was used <laughs> oh my god and they the, didn't want that but the, but the fact that that we can't like that 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 is a possibility in 2020 that an app may not work we've had facebook since 2006 is it 2006 i don't know i mean but i come just on. think it, there's an excuse for such an important time and I just think that the Democrats should have really tried hard to get it right. I'm not complaining because it's going to benefit my party. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't mind. I guess, uh, you know, I should stop whining about it. But, yeah, it, it was, it I, is, I think, very embarrassing for the Democrats. And it does, as you say, I think outsiders, you know, from the outside yeah, the world, of our country the world. see it as, like, what in the hell? <laughs> 
Yeah, because we're all in the ship together. It's a global economy since Clinton. You know, we're all in this together. It's a whole planet. And when the whole planet's watching Iowa and they're blaming it on technology, I mean, the, the rest of the world's like, really? America can't figure out technology? They're not seeing it as Democrats or Republicans. They're seeing it as us. And uh, it, it's, it's, it just it seems wrong. And anyway, Democrats, no one likes going to Iowa and caucusing. No one even likes the verb caucus. No one even knows it's a verb and a noun. You know, like no one likes to caucus. So maybe it, it was a way to get out of it. Maybe next four years, no one has to go back and caucus anymore. Maybe, <clears throat> right? Maybe it was a, maybe. they all complained. Everybody complained that if they were not number one in Iowa, they, it was rigged. And what do you know? No one won or lost Iowa. Now we're talking about New Hampshire. So, oh boy. So, who do you think's gonna? Uh, who do you think's gonna be the uh, Democratic nominee? I mean, it's, uh, I see a lot of momentum behind Bernie. Everyone wants to feel the burn because I think um, uh, Lee Carter, which I sat with her in the um, the chat room. I do know Lee Carter. She's adorable. She knows like she's too smart. Uh, I have to say adorable, but she's like a brainiac. She's a strategist, and she says. The logo, the messaging, you have to reach people's hearts at this day and age. And the Make America Great Again, Trump just touched hearts. And if we don't have someone, feel the burn. People feel the burn. And I think that's why Bernie probably will, he'll get it. People want to feel the burn. People want to feel good. You want, Touch your heart. Talk to me. And I don't, um, you know, it's, I, Amy doesn't talk to me. She, you know, like a lot of them don't talk to me. Um, Tom Steyer literally talked to me, so he touched my heart. Uh, but you know, so it's like if if every candidate could call everyone on the phone, I think we'd vote for we'd have a hard time. So yeah, would you actually vote for Bernie Sanders? I vote just straight D, just D, Democrat, Democrat, okay. Democrat. Yeah, I'm. And but Bernie Sanders is like, isn't he kind of like a fake Democrat, anyways? Because first of all, he calls himself as like a socialist Democrat, whatever that means. No one even and knows what was, socialism he, he means. Was, he, yeah, he was like always a registered independent, and the Democratic. Um, party is like not really a big fan of his, obviously. Well, I mean, the fact that the United States... The establishment, the establishment. We're 51% women at this point, right? We have a huge Latino population. We have minorities. We're so diverse. And the fact that we've got these two old white guys that are really Biden and Bernie, you know, and then then the women, and no more Cory Booker. No one's talking about Yang. Uh, Castro has gone. There's no Hispanic. It's like the diversity. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm not. Com- I'm, I mean, come on, Stephanie. You and I, I should I'm, be running. Me and you, I we know. could totally well, yes, run this country. Should. But I'm just kind of surprised because, like, Democrats talk about diversity all day long. Like, I remember they were crying about President Trump's impeachment team not being diverse enough, and like the two went. Actually, I saw a CNN panel of like almost all white men and one white woman complaining about how Trump's impeachment team wasn't diverse enough, yet the CNN panel wasn't, quote, diverse enough. So I thought that that was kind of, you know, rich with irony there that, you know, people are complaining about the diversity. And then the party of diversity doesn't really have diverse candidates anymore. Um, which is hysterical because I think at the end of the day, we are going to have white guy, Trump. So, so, you know, Republicans shouldn't be so proud. It's not like there's a woman over there. Uh, we don't even have Sarah Palin to complain about uh, running. Um, and then we're going to have Bernie. So we're going to have two old white guys. I mean, if anyone comes over for Thanksgiving dinner and they're in their 70s and they come over, you ask what special foods they need to eat, right? But in this day and age, that's okay to run our country. 
Like, why doesn't a chick with a pistol and a chick with a toy gun, why can't we be, like, taken seriously? We're smart. Like, why can't... Well, I, I haven't, I haven't uh, jumped into any races, though. You know, maybe one of these days I'll run for something. Let's do no, it. I'm stopping me. I'm stopping myself because I'm waiting until I'm ready. And right now I'm kind of busy and, you know, I have a good thing going on here in D.C. But when it, the time is right... Yeah, and, you're uh, super cool. I'd you vote know, for I, you. I, Thank you. Well, you'd shoot me. That. You might shoot me if I don't. So I'm kind of scared of oh, you. Oh, come on. I told you I'm a very harmless person. I would protect you if you were in danger. How oh, that? is that what that Twitter uh, image is? Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, right. Okay. You so- got you to gotta keep your, sharp, your shot sharp. Oh my God. I shoot a little air thing with hollow things and they end up everywhere. And, um, okay. I got to ask you, people asked on Twitter, you ready? So I, I put okay. out, I told people I was going to interview you and mostly they were insults for me. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, nice. which, you know, cause the op-ed came out today, but, um, oh, so what's your Twitter handle? Because I want everyone to see you shooting that thing. I want everyone to be afraid of you. It's, um, at Steph M. Hamill. Okay, and what else are you plugging? Because you're amazing. So we see. Um, yeah, just people follow me on Twitter. I post all my interviews there, and um, you can catch me on Fox Business usually on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Charles Payne show and Trish Regan show, and uh, I think I'm on Shannon Broom show this week on Thursday, unless things get moved around. So you can catch me on Fox Lot. Oh, and I'll be on ABC Seven this Saturday. So oh, Armstrong Williams show. So tune in. Oh, my God. That's super cool. And you'll be representing... Um, the Daily Caller. With The Daily Caller, but your your videos, right? That's your videos, and then you write short articles to go with the videos. Yeah, so check out my column at The Daily Caller. If you just type in Stephanie, it shows you all of my latest. I post usually at least, like, one article a day with a, a nice video that I typically... Actually, I, I edit a lot of my own content. A lot of people didn't know that. Oh, my God. You are... And you look so darn good, which is upsetting because I did your show... <laughs> And I didn't have full hair and makeup, and everybody focused on the painting that was behind my head. It was Tinkerbell. She's, like, gorgeous, Marilyn Monroe-ish, and everyone focused on that. And by the way, the painter got hold of it. You have such a following that the painter is actually an official painter for Disney, and he's actually contributing now a painting to listeners of the podcast. I love it. I know. Kathy, I got to run. My interview's here. Okay, I'm going to read off all the comments when you're gone then. Okay, sounds good. We'll catch up soon. Okay, bye, girl. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks. All right, darn. Okay, we'll have a break, and then I'll read every single comment, and then I'll tweet them to her, and she'll respond. All right. Okay, here are the um, tweets that we got. All right, this one is to, um, uh, this is for Stephanie, which is, uh, she's at Steph, like she said, Steph M. Hamill. I-L-L at the end, like ill, but she's not ill. Um, and at Daily Caller. So you have to, you definitely have to check out Daily Caller if you already don't. Um, and it says that AR pistol is seriously overgassed. I don't know what that means. So Stephanie will have to reply to um, Andrew at, um, at P-O-D, Q, uh, I'm sorry, P-O-D-K, sorry, I haven't slept because of Iowa caucuses, by the way. P-O-D-K-U-L-A-C-H-N-I-K. So, okay, so I don't know what overgas means. Okay, Arlie um, wrote for this podcast. Um, lo- oh, Stephanie, love that. Loves the video of you with a pistol. Love that, especially the grin at the end. Reminds me of my youngest daughter. And that's from at L-I-I 
A-R-L-I-E. That's Arlie. Isn't that great? You have a fan. Okay. Uh, oh, so this one person, this person says um, to you, Stephanie, appears your right shoulder was taking a beating. That's from at uh, Johnny Mac 47. So I don't even know what that means because I have a toy gun. Um, okay. This one is, um, oh, this is for me. This is from Urban Heart Attack Liar. And um, he says, uh, and it's at um, attack urban liar, attack liar. Okay, it says, uh, this is for me, not you, Stephanie. You gotta be the dumbest whack job in the world to think Pelosi proved in command of Trump with her temper tantrum. You're an absolute hack and joke. Oh, and there's three smiling, laughing emojis. It's really, just really sweet. Thank you. Um, oh, no. And then uh, urban heart attack liar wrote again to me, man, uh, man, comma, that would be me. Uh, you must be absolutely stupid, Kathy. Nice spin just proves your propaganda and an enemy of the state. Um, okay, this is about Pelosi in general for both of us, Stephanie. Uh, everyone, um, this is from Dragon Alexander. Uh, so it's at Dragon Soul Alexander. She was very immature. So that's siding with Stephanie that um, Pelosi was very immature. This one's from Bob Blair. It's at Bob uh, I'm sorry, at R.O. Blair, 1960, says true leaders, bosses, boss, are people not easily out of control in anger and hatred. Miss Pelosi showed no restraint in a way that betrays confidence in leadership. No one will continue to follow that kind of unstable behavior. Um, so that is going with what Stephanie was saying, that our leaders should be more mature. Um, but I say, hey. I, I think that applies to Trump, but yeah. Okay, so Bob Blair, you can yell at me later on Twitter. And this one is my favorite. This one is from Susan M. And she's at Daisy, D-A-Z-Z-E-E. -E. It says, just one line, mean girl from high school. So I don't know if that applies to Pelosi, to me, or to Stephanie. And I think I will have to end that podcast here because one of us is a mean girl from high school. And if Susan M. at Daisy does not respond, we will never know. Thanks for tuning in. Please follow um, Stephanie at um, The Daily Caller. She's just, um, she's just amazing. And it's really fun to debate her and watch us on Shannon Bream. We're usually on Shannon Bream together on Fox uh, at night with Shannon Bream, Fox News. And I'll catch you later on the Liberal Sherpa podcast. Bye.